A reading from the Gospel of John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings laying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not laying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. I am ascending to my Father and your Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord. In August of 1998, Diane, Kristen, and Darcy and I moved from Fayetteville, Arkansas to Liberty. No, that was way before. From Fayetteville, Arkansas to Hickory, North Carolina. A lot of friends in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So in July of the next year, 1999, Whitney Dill, one of Kristen's friends, flew from Fayetteville to visit us. A church member had offered us a place, his place at the beach, and so the Smith household was excited about spending the 4th of July at the beach. However, Diane had had a biopsy, She decided to wait and come in a couple of days after she got the word. 
So three adolescent girls and I headed for Holden Beach. I remember where I was sitting. I was sitting on the screened-in porch of the beach house when she called and said, it's cancer. And suddenly, it was Good Friday at the Smith household. I tell that story not because it's remarkable, but precisely because it's unremarkable. For some of you, or a loved one of yours has received that same phone call. You've been in the place that our family was in July of 1999. Yes, Good Friday is all around us. If you haven't been to Good Friday yet, mark my word, you will sooner or later. You'll live long enough. If you do, you always get to Good Friday. You receive word the company's restructuring, it's downsizing, and you don't have a job anymore. And all of a sudden, it's Good Friday. You have a baby, the pride and joy of your life, and your husband comes in and says, I want out of this marriage. I don't want to talk to anyone. Don't, don't want counseling. Don't want to talk to you. And all of a sudden, it's Good Friday. Everything is normal, but your husband and your wife get sick. The ambulance comes. You find yourself in the emergency room, and the word is the prognosis is not good. And where do you find yourself? Good Friday. You get a call. Your son or your daughter is in big trouble, and it comes as a complete surprise because they've always been a good kid. And, yep, there it is. Good Friday. There are other stories that may be your story, other scenarios that have happened to you, but if you live long enough, you come to the day and all of a sudden it dawns on you, it's Good Friday. It's a deep valley. It's the deep valley of darkness. It's the valley of the shadow of death. And seeming hopelessness is all around. Any place there is profound loss, profound grief, profound guilt, you'll find Good Friday there. None of these stories is remarkable. It's the stuff of life, isn't it? We live in a Good Friday world. Make no mistake, as that first Easter dawned, for Mary Magdalene, Peter, and the others, it was still Good Friday. It was a deep, dark valley. The one on and in whom they had pinned their hopes was dead. And not just any kind of dead, but crucified, humiliated, beaten, spat upon, mocked, nailed to the cross until he bled to death kind of dead. It was Easter morning, but they were living in Good Friday. But the truth is, Easter can't come until we go through Good Friday. Resurrection's impossible without a death. We have to weep before we can sing unless until our hearts are broken, our eyes blurred with tears, our spirits crushed by grief, we can never make it to Easter. Those in the Soviet Union under the oppression of communism knew what it was like to live in a Good Friday world day after day. One particular meeting, a bureaucrat 
summed up his lecture against religion and everything to do with faith in God, saying it was all a farce. He was about to sit down when old priest in the front stood up and said, may I just say three words? The lecturer disdainfully turned, looked over the crowd and gave him permission. The priest turned and simply said, Christ is risen! And the roar of the people came back. He is risen indeed. They had said it for a thousand years. Why should they stop now? Yes, Easter comes to our good Friday world. But we can't rush there without stopping at Friday for a while. We have to give ourselves time to grieve, to hurt. There are prices to pay for loving. When we love deeply, we hurt deeply. Easter doesn't come in a flash. It dawns on us. We know those of us who have ever seen dawn after a long night of sitting by a bed of an ailing loved one. We know that we can't wait for morning, for dawn. We know that first glimmer of light is just the beginning. We know that more light is on the way if we can just make it till morning. Mary doesn't recognize Jesus right away, does she? The disciples don't believe the story right away. John looked in and believed, and I believe he believed that they had taken Jesus away because the next words say they didn't understand the resurrection at that point. On the road to Emmaus, the two that walked with Jesus, they don't recognize Jesus immediately. The disciples behind locked doors by the seaside, all times that the resurrected Jesus appears, the disciples do not recognize him. It has to dawn on them. Has the risen Christ dawned on you? Easter's always been that way. Like the sunrise, it comes slowly, gradually bringing its light into the darkness of our Good Fridays with news too good it seems to be true. That it will not always be Good Friday. That Sunday's coming and death is not the final word. That that valley of deep darkness, that loss, that grief, do not have to be the final word on our lives. Easter comes to Mary and the other disciples, every one of them living in a Good Friday world. And if Easter can come to them in the midst of their doubt, their grief, their guilt, their pain, then Easter can come into your Good Friday world too. It can and it does. Let me give you a hint of how I believe Easter can come for you. In verse 1 of our text for this morning, it's obvious that all is not well. Mary Magdalene arrives at the graveside, and Good Friday gets even darker for her. Just when she thinks it's as bad as it can get, it gets worse because apparently somebody's taken the body, and we don't know where, he, where the body is. So she goes to share the bad news, and Peter and the other disciple come back to the tomb, and sure enough, the body isn't there. And apparently they leave. But then verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb. That's how Easter happens for Mary. She takes another look. 
She hangs around. She isn't willing to leave so quickly. She stays to see what will happen. She doesn't go home like the men do because she dares to take a second look at a hopeless, seemingly awful situation, an agonizingly awful situation. She's the first to see the risen Christ. How many times do we turn away from Good Friday, those awful situations in our lives, running, hiding, going home, whatever? What new life, what resurrection would we see and experience if we were just willing to hang around and take a second look? Yes, we must live into Good Friday. We must experience it, but also be open to the resurrection that God promises us. And then and only then can Easter happen. During the time of the severe Ethiopian famine, journalist Kathleen O'Meara from D.C. was dispatched to northern Ethiopia by her church. She was there to assist in the distribution of food. She was stationed at an outpost where sacks and sacks and sacks and sacks and sacks of food were being given to starving men, women, and children. Endless lines, it seemed, of hungry people were met with sack after sack of life-giving nourishment until sacks came to her, came to, in her mind, came to be, as she wrote, symbols of hope in the midst of devastation. One day, though, she saw several hundred Ethiopians being carried to their graves, dead Ethiopians in funeral shrouds. Guess what the funeral shrouds were? They were the sacks. The sacks that the food had come in. The same sacks that she had been handing out to those who were hungry and starving. And suddenly, suddenly the sacks which for her had, had been a symbol of life and hope became shrouds of death. And Kathleen O'Meara said to herself, what the world needs is for someone wrapped in the shrouds of death to bring new life and hope to the world. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that's the witness of Easter. That's what happened through the resurrection. The shrouds of death become the garments of life. That's what happens when Easter comes to a Good Friday world. Has Easter dawned on you? Has Easter come to you in your good Friday world? It's not too late. May Easter dawn on us all. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Praise be to God. Amen.